A couple of days ago, I was telling the story about John Douglas, who is Aerosmith's drum tech, who had to step in last summer when Joey Kramer couldn't go. And he ended up playing with Aerosmith for about six months. Turns out, Brent Fitz out of Winnipeg, of course, you know him as the bass player with Tuke, but also world-class drummer with Slash, with Alice Cooper, with Gene Simmons, etc., etc., was listening. He's in town texted me and so i decided we needed to get together and catch up brent fitz is on the phone fitzy how you doing i'm great yeah great to be uh in the motherland in, in canada despite i i do live in the states as you know but having the the dual residence and, and my family still in winnipeg it's kind of nice to be up here yeah i would imagine now you've been in town for the last while are you are you actually stranded up here because of the no international travel or could you go back to vegas if you uh, wanted to at this point so just to make everyone feel comfortable in the understanding of the border being shut down, a citizen of a country should be allowed to, to come back to their own country. So Canadians are allowed to go back to Canada. So I called ahead and made sure everything was okay because my parents had just recently sold their home and I was coming back for family reasons anyway. But as a citizen and having family reasons, I did drive in the last month back to Winnipeg. I, I drove the three days up from Las Vegas Right. And um, there's a quarantine, 14-day quarantine, mandatory. I did that. But crossing the border itself was, you know, no problem because you are a citizen. That's just a repatriation thing. Yeah. Now, the understanding of to get back, that's what makes it hard. Is You know, if you don't have a dual citizenship or status in the other country mm-hmm. where you're wanting to return to, that's where it gets to be a problem. I have yeah. dual citizenship now. So I am okay for both sides. You're good to go. Now, you mentioned your parents, probably even more important than how you are. How are Merv and Audrey? Well, they're great. Other than COVID's affecting everybody, of course. And um, my parents wanted to probably do normal life. And thankfully, they moved out of their home. I put them in a nice uh, seniors retirement place that probably saved them in some ways. Because I can't imagine my dad trying to go to Safeway in early March uh, when there's no toilet paper and product yeah. on the on the shelf exactly but a bit, bit pissed off and confused as we all are yeah yeah otherwise they're great they're no doing kidding. good and i'm glad to be here with them right now of course we mentioned you uh live in vegas and the casinos i guess it was just last weekend that they opened up in uh, vegas again what are your thoughts on that um my gauge on that right now you know my wife does work in the casino business and mm-hmm. she has not gone back to work yet She's been working for Caesars for many years, and they're all trying to figure out the new normal and masks and plexiglass, you know, at poker tables and all the gaming areas. And they've opened restaurants. They've opened hotels in the the casinos. A few people have said, not my wife, some other friends have said they actually went to the casinos and said, well, it seems a bit normal yet, you know, like there's just all this new social distancing in place. So I guess Vegas has found a way to function. My wife has not gone back to work yet. They haven't officially asked her because her job has been uh, the last several years working at the Coliseum in Caesars, which of course hosts all the live entertainment. Yeah, Guns N' Roses just played there last fall, I think. It's only what, about 4,000 seats, isn't it? It is, and it's a smaller venue, and just like you know, anywhere that's going to have people sitting close, that venue, like any live entertainment venue, is going to have to figure out the new way to make it work, because the casino being open, yes, and some hotel rooms being available, and restaurants and gaming, and having people separate, yes, but they haven't figured out the live venue, so my wife has not gone back to work yet because of that, so. Yeah. But I'm not in Vegas, so I don't actually, <laughs> I'm <laughs> a lot you know there's been a lot going on in, in the united states in the last 
month, we'll say. But I have been up here pretty much a month now with my folks, and uh, I'm interested to go back soon. And because uh, I'm I'm driving back, I drove up here, so I got to drive back to Vegas. Sure. And I guess being away from home for that long isn't that far out of the ordinary for you, as far as on the personal side with your wife, because you're always out on the road anyway. This was the longest, I think, um, consistent run of me being at home to drive my wife crazy. You know, for 60 days or whatever. Um, yeah. I think um, it was. It has been great for me, you know, just to actually be home and, and take a break and uh, reevaluate. And it doesn't feel good because what we do, what I'm defined by a lot of what I love is I love playing music. I love performing and I love being in front of an audience. And I love traveling to do that. Mm-hmm. And, to, and the worst is now the I still don't have the answer as to, well, when is that going to when are we going to do that again? Yeah. No, that's the hard thing. Now, if you've been in touch with uh, Gene or Slash or Alice or any of those guys that you've worked with uh, in the past about how they're handling it because again you guys are all road warriors but there is an opportunity for this break and also a creative break i'm anticipating a huge boom of new music at the other end of this because everybody's at home and their time can just be spent on creating but have you talked to those guys i have uh slash and i've been in touch the most and we you know have done the most work writing songs together we haven't been able to try like, hey, let's do a Zoom writing session or some sort of Skype online thing. Our relationship in that band together has always been together in the same room working on ideas. It's just the way it works. But my other band, Took, with all my, my fellow Canadians, we had a little bit of success doing a Zoom writing session, multiple sessions, and we didn't like it, but we got used to it because we thought, well, this is possibly where we're going to be at for a while. So I haven't got together with Slash, of course, yet. He lives in Los Angeles, and we've been actually talking about, well, you know, we should try to look at a plan to get together and and work on music because if we can't tour together and we can still get together in some socially distanced way in a room and play together, that is very possible, and hopefully soon. Yeah, I do want to touch base with uh, what you and the two guys have been up to. Was this going to be a busy summer for you professionally? I know I was looking forward to the Harbor Fest show. Uh, it was going to be Darby Mills and then you guys on the Sunday night, but obviously that's not happening. Was this going to be a busy summer for you? The busiest. So many of my fellow musicians, we were all saying, wasn't this going to be the greatest you know, year of touring? Ah. Um, our last show together was early March. We played in Regina. We did the Telemiracle. Mm-hmm. And that might be our only show this year. Starting in May, we had every weekend, we had all the festivals. Every province had a big you know, event. We had Canada Day already planned. We were definitely, this was going to be it. So because it's gone, everything's bumped to next year. But I don't know if that makes sense yet to say, well, you know, we're just pushing every date to, to next year. So next year looks really busy. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything right yeah. now. Yeah, but I know Miles uh, had New Alter Bridge out, so I think he was going to be touring that this summer, right? And uh, Slash, yeah. I mean, Slash going to be oh, off the Slash road. Was, they had a lot of shows all over. I think they were in starting a big, big South American run and just had to, like, pull that plug immediately. You know, all the big bands were Kiss, uh, the Rolling Stones, Bon Jovi. You know, I'm friends with uh, not to drop names, but I'm, I'm literally friends with somebody in all of those camps. And yeah. all of those bands were just like, well, it, it all got shut down. And the bigger the band, I kind of feel like, you know, it's not that easy to think, how do the Rolling Stones get that giant stadium-sized tour up and running again? But when I have a band like Tuke, who's lean and mean, 
and we can do, you know, smaller venues or play a festival, we're actually ready to go. We can function in the new normal. And if, you know, there was a gig this weekend, they said, hey, can we fly you guys up to do a socially distant festival in whatever? We can do that. Speaking of the bigger bands, of course, Aerosmith have been busy, especially on the uh, Vegas residency. And you and I got in touch because I was telling a story yesterday about Aerosmith's drum tech, John Douglas, who was saying in a recent interview that when he stepped in for Joey Kramer last summer during the Vegas residency, he had about six hours notice to learn the set list of about 16 or 17 songs. And you were listening yesterday and you texted me that Douglas is one of your best buddies. So I'll just let you pick it up from there. Yeah, well, I was chuckling underneath my breath because I knew the story so well because I, I had actually spoke to John about it that day. And the reason being that John is one of my best friends because we've toured together as drummer and drum tech. John is a great drummer himself, but he, in the last several years, 20 years maybe, went into, he's the best drum tech on the planet. So he has toured and worked with Aerosmith for many years, Van Halen, ZZ Top, Bon Jovi, Us With Slash, and the list goes on and on and on. So he's sort of like the top guy. Anyway, because he's a great drummer, you know, that's part of his secret weapon is some of these situations on tour, you just never know. A guy in a band has an injury or gets sick or something, and sometimes it's been where a drum tech is the best option to put behind the drums or on guitar and it has happened before so john for himself has already done it with zz top and i don't know if he played with van halen but he was like doing all their sound checks for them or but what happened with with him and i was when we were touring together in 2010 with slash todd kearns our bass player had a um a health issue that he had to be flown from russia immediately home it was a detached retina so which we, is a toque thing have, yeah <laughs> we didn't have a chance you, when those things happen and like you said about aerosmith and having six hours to make something happen it's either do we cancel or do we have a plan in place and the plan in place sometimes if you think about it you might make a different decision but if you don't think about it you just go with your gut it's usually like well john douglas knows the show he's the drum tech he's seen the show a thousand times he can play and you know what it usually works out great and so that's what john did with aerosmith he ended up staying with the band for several months i think one of his last shows he actually played on a grammy event as the drum tech in aerosmith and did an amazing job and for us with slash i told him that morning he was already at the venue setting up drums and, and i said john uh todd has to go home he's got a detached retina and uh i think you can do the gig tonight i'm gonna switch to bass guitar that's the other weird thing is i switched instruments so john could play drums for us but you know what it worked and slash was okay with it because he knew john was a great drummer yeah. and aerosmith was okay having john douglas on drums clearly for several months so Kudos to John Douglas, you know, what a great story. No kidding. So many of the guitar techs I know often will be actually playing with the band on stage. I mean, they will not necessarily be on stage themselves. They might be under the stage or side stage, but adding an extra guitar yep. sound. So sometimes they'll play live with the band. So that's not unusual. It's not unusual, no, because they're usually really well-schooled musicians, and maybe they just didn't want to be on stage, or whatever the reason is that they're a tech. Sometimes they're smarter with gear, and they just have a better sense. So there's a different place when you're on stage taking care of all the gear and then being in front of the audience. But it's just as important, you know, they both have to work well together. So we really pride our crew that we take out with us. And, and it's great when you have someone like John Douglas, who's like just as good as a drummer, you know, maybe he's better than me sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? He probably yeah. doesn't have any stories, eh? Oh my gosh. 
yeah, you got to get him on one day. He's, <laughs> he's full of great stories. Well, you can hook he's me up. He's actually a great artist, by the way. Really? Paint, you know, all the drum kits for most of the artists he tours with. So he's done some amazing Alex Van Halen drum kits, does all of Joey Kramer's kits and Bon Jovi, and he's painted kits for me. Joe Perry from Aerosmith has this beautiful, I think a 335 Gibson, and it's got Joe's wife painted on the, the guitar. And, and John did that. And a lot of people look at that guitar as like a very signature guitar for Joe. But yeah, talented guy, not just a drummer, but amazing artist. He, he actually has art shows going on now. So now he's not only just been a great drummer, but just until recently, I know John had this huge thing going on in I think Houston or Austin with all his work, his artwork, and it got shut down right before COVID. But uh, yeah, talented guy. It's funny, we're talking about someone who's been known as a drum tech, but I, I view him as just as important, you know, guy in the music industry who's made a name for himself. So sure. I was really proud that you, you were mentioning him on the radio yesterday. Well, the uh, show you're talking about was Slash uh, back in 2010. That was in Russia, and that's up on YouTube. You sent me a link, and uh, there's another one yeah. of you guys jamming on an off day at the Hard Rock in the UK, one of them, and yeah. uh, you're playing Led Zepp's Rock and Roll and just crushing it. And I mean, I kind of play guitar, and I kind of play bass, but I mean, is that just in all of your repertoires? Because it comes off as it, you're just jamming, and it comes off as if you guys have been rehearsing it for months. It's perfect. Well, I think because we've we've all grown up cutting our teeth on all our favorite bands, and Zeppelin is a go-to for so many people. You know, you pick up a guitar, you start playing songs that you're familiar with, you know, whatever you're listening to in your bedroom as a kid. So we all grew up on certain songs, and you can bump into somebody at a jam night anywhere in the world and go, hey, uh, you know, Zeppelin rock and roll, and nine times out of ten, it's like, you know, one, two, three, <laughs> you just kick in the song. Yeah. So what's great is that, you know, here we are touring all the time, playing music around the world, but on a day off, why don't you just take the day off? No, we have to go jam at the hard rock. Like, this, we can't help it. So that's what we do all the time. If there's a, another stage to go and play, we grab John Douglas, the drum tech, because sure. then, then we can play different songs. Can't get enough music. So, yeah, we've jammed all over the world for the last, you know, well, myself personally, the last, you know, 20, 30 years, just, yeah. I'll go play with anybody. And to play with different people. Fantastic. Love it. You know, what a privilege. I'm from Winnipeg, you know, like, <laughs> just the privilege to go play with all these different people is fantastic. I know. Well, I mean, I get it. And obviously, you guys are all world-class musicians, but anybody who plays even just a little bit knows how difficult it is. So to see you doing what you do professionally for paid ticket holders. Well, yeah, you've rehearsed all that stuff. You make that look easy. But then when you're just like having a jam night together, and not only is it just pretty close, but it's absolutely nailed. You're on bass. You're not even on your main instrument, even though rock and roll isn't the toughest bass line ever. It just seems unfair. You guys are freaks. You realize that, right? <laughs> well, Todd Kearns, I'll give him the freak pass because he's, he's my favorite singer, and yet he can sing anything and sing it, you know, in the original key perfectly. And Zeppelin's not something that everybody can – that's one of those, oh, oh, let's see if he can sing Zeppelin. And Todd is that guy. Yeah. So um, he's, he's got skills. But he's that's nailing Jimmy Page's down. guitar parts, too. Well, he's secret weapon. That comes from being from the prairies. Look, I'm going to brag about us prairie boys, but growing up in the clubs and when I was younger, everybody could sing a little bit. Everybody knew how to play a little bit of sometimes two instruments. Like I, most people know me as a drummer, but then as a member of Tuke, I'm the bass player, but I always played guitar and always played bass. So that's what Todd is. He's a triple threat. That's what I guess I am. And most of my friends, anyone that's listening, if you're a musician in Winnipeg, I know you're more than just, uh, you know, you play one instrument. All these people that, that come from out here have secret weapon talent, and we're usually triple threats. It's the way we are. And your first <laughs> instrument is keyboard, isn't it? Yeah, I started on piano. 
but wild. you know it's hard to put piano as your focus when you want to play rock and roll when you want to play zeppelin in your basement you know i had to like well someone's got to play drums i'll play drums and that's how i kind of got more into bands was to pick an instrument because everyone wanted to play guitar and there was you know usually the, the last guys oh who's going to play bass you know that's yeah. <laughs> kind of gets relegated to the <clears throat> oh that's the crappy instrument but just as important and i know now more than ever as a bass player what about paul mccartney he's a guitar player and he defaulted into the bass player job in the in the beatles think about that also a freak and we <laughs> also uh yeah quadruple thread whatever we want to call him he's just on another level and still by the way sounding fantastic and putting out number one albums today as we record this is his 78th birthday for god's sake i know all those artists the rolling stones mccartney anyone that's doing it at that age I, I can only hope like i'm 50 and i'm just thinking well i guess i still you know have a chance to keep playing music for several years because if paul mccartney's doing it then i want to do it speaking of which yeah this morning we were having a conversation on the morning show about uh, if you had a 15-minute Zoom call with anybody on the planet, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who would you pick? Because you've had conversations uh, with a lot of people that we would choose. I'd pick Paul McCartney. I mean, I don't have to think too hard. I mean, I've met a lot of great musicians in my life. I've met Dave Grohl. <clears throat> I've met just a, a lot of people that are very conversive and down-to-earth. And everyone tells me that Paul McCartney is such a down-to-earth, awesome dude. And I think, you know, the antithesis of your benchmark of great musician and the most successful, I would love to talk to Paul. Haven't met him yet. Haven't, I've met Ringo Starr. Haven't met Paul McCartney. He's the guy I picked, too. I said either Paul or Keith Richards. Yeah? Yeah, that's who I picked. Yeah, I, I think those are easy answers. But not like, oh, you picked Paul McCartney. No, who wouldn't love to have you know a few moments with someone that's just so down-to-earth and yet done so much? I think he'd be a perfect conversation. Talk about having stories. Yeah. You and the two guys have started this uh, non-podcast podcast. It's a video cast, I guess we'll call it. It's on the Took YouTube channel yeah. and Facebook page, Took Talks. And I think it was yeah. episode 10 the other day with Jan Arden as your guest, but you've had a bunch of great guests on the first few episodes. Yeah, so it started for just the whole reason of, well, what are we doing at home to keep ourselves busy? And after a certain amount of time of driving our spouses crazy, we thought, well, let's try to write some songs. Okay, let's get on Zoom and write some songs. We did that, and that actually didn't feel awesome, but it felt like, well, at least we're being productive. And then we realized, well, we're talking to each other face-to-face, and we're very social guys, and we thought, well, we should jump on a Zoom call with somebody else. So it basically evolved into there was no reason and plan to do Took Talk Tuesday, but we thought, well, why don't we just, like, throw it up online? Let's go, let's call uh, blah, 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 you know, and we just started picking names, you know, Canadian friends of ours, musicians, everyone's game to, to be on Took Talk, you know, like a hockey player or someone in music. So, of course, because we're a Canadian band and from the prairies, we love to keep it as homey as possible. So um, we've had Kim Mitchell. We had Jan Arden. Uh, our friend Randy Black was on recently. He's, he's from Edmonton, but he, he was in Annihilator and Biff making all these bands. But he lives in Germany. And we thought, and he's one of the greatest drummers ever. We should talk to him because he's in Germany. Let's find out what's going on over in Germany. Anyway, it's just been really great to enjoy getting together on a Tuesday afternoon and get together with the guys. And I hope if anyone wants to you know, listen in on it, we're not trying to... Um, change the world here but we're all trying to talk about some positive things and um you know all topics are there so this week we have jeff neal from uh, street art and he just recently moved to winnipeg and apparently he has some exciting news to share that you know the street art guys have been actively working on music and stuff so we wanted to talk about that during the new normal the covid times so tube talk tuesday has been a very successful you know we have a lot of listeners and a lot of people enjoying it and you can listen to it after the fact you can listen to it live on facebook or you can listen after 
after it stays there, and you can go to YouTube. Our Tuke Rocks YouTube has it forever. All the episodes are up. Well worth a look. It's entertaining. TukeRocks.ca is the website. BrentFitz.com is your site. At BrentFitz on Twitter. You're easy to find. And uh, keep touching base whenever you've got something on your mind. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Kelly. I always enjoy listening to you. So it's great to be home and be in the, in the hometown right now. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly.